Welcome back to the Municom Show featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcast where one of the hosts thinks Kyle Pitts is named after the most muscled up dogs in the dog park. That's Lenny, who is not muscled up. I'm Unicimes, also not muscled up. Joined today by Nate Tice of The Athletic. Nate, you can answer whether you're muscled up. Ah, uh, no, skinny fat. Mm. Is is what I'm going for now. That's the look I go for now. So Lenny's kind of svelte. He's uh, he's, he's no, tone. He's all. I hope you can't hear me. He's also kind of skinny fat. Where like it's actually really hard to buy him clothes because he's so girthy. But then he has like skinny long legs. Um, oh, but see, Len- see I yeah. actually can relate. I got skinny legs with a nice belly. So that that's a that's a good combo to have. Lenny, not afraid of pimples, by the way. Uh, speaking of pimples, but um. <laughs> So, uh, Nate, I am so glad to have you for here. Um, last week, we had Deontay Lee, also of The Athletic, on to try to pick the top 10 defenses of 2022. Um, and I did it the year before with Dominique Foxworth. Now I want to do offenses, which I have not, I did not do the year before, thank God. <laughs> so, because, um, <laughs> you know, I did a little bit of a grading of my picks last year. A lot of injuries, a lot of injuries on defense. Um, yes. Yeah, and, and offense, I think, actually, when I look at this list, probably was a little bit more predictable, just looking at, like, the top 10 teams in EPA per play in 2022. Um, I'll just read them now. Tell me, like, if any of these na- team names, like, surprises you at all. Uh, so I'll do EPA per play first. Chiefs, okay, Bucks, okay. Packers, Cowboys, Chargers, Bills, Niners, Rams, Cardinals, Eagles. Yeah, that, that's... Kind Check of what you think. Check <laughs> yeah. A little surprising. DVOA, you got the Seahawks in the top seven. Um, that surprised me as well when I was doing a little research. Yeah. This. You know, obviously fell off. The weighted DVOA falls off. Um, a lot of that was just the first half of the season. Their offense was insane. But otherwise, you have mostly the same teams, although you also have the Patriots in the top 10. Did that surprise you? Uh, a little bit. Well, they had a nice run like in the middle of the season. Yeah. and then And then like – as soon as they hit freezing temperatures, like Mac Jones is like the opposite of Brett Favre. You know how they used to always do the Brett Favre like stat, like, oh, he's like 42 and 0 when the degree's under 36 mm, yeah. degrees or whatever. And like Mac Jones is like, no, we only throw the ball three times when, when the yeah. weather is under 10 degrees. So uh no, but that I you know, McDaniels kind of did some fun stuff uh last year, or like with whatever they had, this weird, strange, heavy offense that they were running. So no. I, top 10 was a little weird, but I, I knew they, they were a little better than what you initially think. Before we get into our top 10s for offense, I, can I ask you something about the Patriots? So um, Doug Kayed, who does a great job covering the team and other teams for PFF, had a really interesting article today. I encourage people to read it if they have a chance, talking about the Patriots offense, which, of course, everybody's been mystified by. Um, the <laughs> lack of naming of an offensive coordinator, the seeming division of responsibilities between Matt Patricia who was and Joe Judge, Matt Patricia sort of running the run game side potentially, Joe Judge the yeah. pass game, he was hi- hypothesizing. Like, does it, uh, that and I would say any of the personnel changes or lack thereof make you concerned about Mac Jones year two? Well, yeah, the coaching thing is the, that's the most concerning to me. They needed speed with their receivers and they, they literally just picked the fastest receiver in the draft. So I actually understood the Tyquan Thornton thinking and I actually liked yeah. him. It was just a little, you know, I think everyone's in agreement. It's just a little rich for where they took him, but yeah, I understood it. Um, the Shaq Mason trade was really weird. weird. And, I, weird. and I think, yeah. And I think we'll talk about that when we talk about a different team, but yeah, that is, yeah, yeah that, that, that one is still strange, but I am still convinced that, uh, 
so overall, my, my shorter answer is yes, as I'm a little more concerned, uh, especially with when you have Matt Patricia being the the leader of the room, I guess. But I, I still am convinced that that this is Bill Belichick's excuse to coach quarterbacks for for a spring. Do you do you see him snapping balls to the running? Or I do. Yeah, he keeps. Yeah, he's clearly having the time of his life. And he's loving it. He's like, hey, yeah. you line up there. Yeah, you line up there. And I can see him like pointing it out, but it's not like yeah. in a gruff way. Like you can see like a little pep in a step. So oh uh, yeah, that I, I'm convinced that that's why he's taking so long. He's like, oh, I get OTAs and I yeah. can work with the quarterbacks. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to hold off till training camp to name OC. I really wish, not really wish, but I, I thought they would go with Bill, Bill O'Brien like a lot of people. And Doug yeah. Peets mentioned that, oh, Belichick didn't want to take him from Saban. And I'm like, okay, but... When I look at Mac Jones and the stuff that worked last year, aka college-like stuff, and I think about what needs to happen year two, I, that to me would have been a really no-brainer hire. So I'm just a little mm-hmm. bit—I don't know—I'm a little bit perplexed by that decision. But I think I think Saban and Belichick are like, no, you take him. No, you take him. No, you take him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're lower on him than me. <laughs> uh, um, a little bit, maybe a little bit. All right. Well, so I guess spoiler alert: the Patriots are not in our. I think either of our top tens for offenses. They're not. Um, but we're gonna do the same thing we did with Deontay. Where I'm gonna. And by the way, I want to say something. They're not in my bottom ten either. Like I, the I know we no. expressed some concerns. I thought the Parker signing was cheap and smart. I think it'll help them. And despite the loss of Shaq Mason, I still think this line will be good. So, um, we'll talk about the Patriots. Yeah, Matt, jo- Matt Jones is pretty fun. Like he he he's yeah. got some something to him. I, I totally just like when I was evaluating evaluating him as a prospect. There's more to him than you think. And then when you watch him as a pro, it's the same way. It's like, he, he's he's a fun watch. And so, yeah, that's why I'm actually more frustrated about the OC stuff because I want to see him continue to develop, him being Mac Jones. Agree. So speaking of agreement, Deontay and I <laughs> both had the same number one team for defense. Okay. Let's find out if you and I have the same number one team for offense. Nate, who do you think? will be the best offense in the NFL in 2022. I'm going with a redemption tour. I'm going with the number one ranked offense in Nate Tice's rankings anyways, the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. Wow. That is a spicy pick. It's a little spicy, but the more I look at it, the more I'm comfortable with this, even with the loss of Tyreek Hill. I think Mahomes is going to be ticked off. I think it's going to be – I think – I'm – are, are we diving into it right now? Or let's we dive, no, let's dive into it. So first I'll reveal oh. that I actually had them at three, which I thought was spicy. Okay. Um, just before you dive into it, let me kind of recap who's in and out for those who were, yes. haven't followed the Chiefs offseason. So Patrick Mahomes is still the quarterback. Um, a lot of the wide receivers group's gone. Obviously Tyreek Hill, but also Byron Pringle. Got a pretty decent share of targets to Marcus Robinson. So now you're looking at a group, a very different profile group. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanting, Juju Smith-Schuster, Miko Hardman, Sky Moore, Justin Ross. They got more muscled up, by the way, like Lenny. Um, <laughs> and you still got Travis Kelsey, of course. The line stays largely the same. I think they're trying to get a deal done with Orlando Brown. I think right tackle will be in question mark, whether it's uh, mm-hmm. Wiley or Niang. Uh, and then running back, uh, Daryl Williams is gone, but you still got CEH and they added Ronald Jones. So, um, you know, most people, many people, looked at this group and said, well, how can you lose Tyreek Hill and not suffer greatly like take a huge step back so i guess start by answering that question yeah and i think it's a philosophical change uh we'll talk about the chiefs and then the bills a little bit later unless bills are your number one uh they with the bills (laughs) um bills and chiefs i think they ran into the limitations of what 
how spread you can be and how RPO heavy you can be. And I think we saw that the like the biggest spotlight on it was the second half against the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. But I think once they the these rules got convoluted on on RPOs. RPOs originally are you're putting a guy in a bind and okay, we either hand it off. It's unblocked guy, a defender in a bind. There's an unblocked guy. Do we hand it off or we throw it? And I think what happened was they would get these juicy run looks. I know you love that term. Mm-hmm. These really, really nice run looks and they would still throw the ball. And I'll talk about this with Josh Allen and the Bills as well, but the Chiefs ran into that and I think they realized, okay, we've, we've maxed this out. Uh, mm-hmm. This is all we can do. Um, like we are built on yak now. What happened to our explosive plays coming through the deep ball? Not that they really weaned away from it, but I think they realized the limitations. So I think this is going to become more of a traditionally based attack. And what I mean by that is running the ball, play actions off of it. And I think it's going to become more of an at you run game uh, with their real. I think their offensive line is a true, true, true strength. I think it's one of the better ones in the league, one of the top tier ones really in the league. And then the receivers that they have built up, it's a fun mixing of styles. They, like you said, they got, you know, they got fit. They got, they bulked up in the receiver room. So MVS is what I've started to come or come to know some of these kind of power slot types as I know you love that term as well, but these blocking guys that can also attack vertically. So I think MVS is the epitome of that. So now they can run the ball more. They have these receivers that can block more as opposed to running routes. Yep, yeah. Juju is another one. And then Hardman is now the deep guy, the intermediate deep guy. And then you got Sky Moore to create some yards after the catch on the uh, the shorter intermediate stuff as well. And then you got Travis Kelsey. And so I think they just have leaned into, we're going to have Travis Kelsey be our X receiver, and then we'll have MVS and Juju be our, our Y tight end, basically. They kind of switched, switched around how they attack. And I think this is just an answer to what defenses did to them. The defenses ran too high more. They're like, hey, we'll let you dink and dunk. How you beat that is you either run at them or hit them over the top. And so I think that's why they're shifting their offense to be more of that. You're trying to put the safeties in a bind. So I'm really excited to see this team. CEH is best at with at you runs, like duo and power, like you ran at LSU. So I think they're just like, hey, this is what our guys are good at. Let's lean into it. Let's get more of a personnel that matches that. Everybody expected them to lean into it when they remade their offensive line yeah. because they went so power centric. So the, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. So the thinking was like, oh man, this is how they've you know they added Joe Tooney and mm-hmm. you know they you got uh, Orlando Brown in the mix and like they're going to really uh, run more power and Ch is going to get the ball and that just didn't happen and then it did continue to not happen a- at the end of the season, well throughout the season, but you know. It, at a point when it was like so glaringly obvious they should run that even the nerds were admitting it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I the one that's blazoned, emblazoned, blazoned, Blade. embroidered, blazed. Bla- in oh, my oh, mind, em- <laughs> em- embossed in my mind. I don't know, whatever is one of Mahomes' seared, horrible seared, seared, into your seared into my brain, and I'm sure Chiefs fans is one, that one of the Mahomes' horrible interceptions in the um, oh. playoff game, which was, he passed it on the RP. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. He had the RPO yep. and he passed oh, it. And it's I've like, all ran on about it. <laughs> dude, what are we doing here? Like, you don't yep. have to give on every RPO. It's not a PO, right? Yep. Um, and CH, unsurprisingly, faced the uh, lowest number of eight-man boxes in the entire NFL last season. And they just didn't run. So, you know, one thinks that they'll go more in that direction. In addition to the past concept, you, the past game you were describing, but um, yeah, like I got to see it first. I mean, and this is, yeah. 
I'll say this. I think one of the th- reasons wh- why I feel like people are underestimating the Chiefs isn't just for the philosophical reason you described, but like this offensive line ranks second in the NFL in pass block win rate and third in run block win rate. And I think sometimes when we talk about offenses, we're just looking at skill players. And it's like, I yeah. see teams being valued above them with much worse offensive lines and like offensive line continuity matters a lot. So I am high on the chiefs. I do feel like it, it feels a little galaxy brain to say like, Oh, they might actually be fine or even better. I don't know about better after Tyree kill left, but I don't think it's because of the talent. I think it's because of their refusal to make adjustments in response to how defenses were playing them with Tyree kill. So Yes. That's how you kind of get out of the galaxy brain. And it's like, no, 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 we're just going to blame the coaches for this. <laughs> I mean, you kind of can, though. Yeah. I mean, but that's that's the talking on both sides of your mouth. I'm betting on Andy Reid, and then I'm also yeah. betting on them maybe hopefully learning a lesson from last year. The, the first time they played the Bengals in week 17, they pounded the rock against them, and they were ripping off a yep. 15-yard run, 10-yard run, 20-yard run. And that's when I was like, ooh, the Chiefs are going to – they figured it out. They figured out how to – they mm. cut the fat out, all that other uh, – you know, all the cute Mickey Mouse stuff, and then they got away from it. <laughs> and this, so that is where I'm hoping that they watch mm. that game and it just sticks in their brain. It's seared into their brain, um, the, both of those Bengals matchups, and they they go, okay, this is what started to work for us. This is how defenses adjust to us, and this, yeah. this is what we're going to do. I also want to see how they use Noah Gray, which is – uh, this their backup tight end yeah. because last year they started to use him more and more as almost because this is what he did at Duke as well as like a de facto fullback. So they would be like in two tight ends with Noah Gray and Travis Kelsey. Kelsey would be split out. Noah Gray would be a little off tight end and they would lead block with him, what I uh, what I call Y insert. And so I, they started sprinkling that in as the season went along, which is also I think a run more teams are going to run this season. So I think it's yeah, I think they started like to pepper some of this stuff in, and now they have a whole offseason to hone it in. And they still have this guy named Patrick Mahomes, so <laughs> who's pretty damn good. Yeah. All right. Well, you had them at one. I had them at three. I feel like I'm going to make ESPN aggregate your list the way my list, my defense list is on <laughs> NFL on ESPN. Okay. So who do you have at number two? Number two, I have the Bucks. Okay. Tampa Bay. Buccaneers. So I also have them at number two. I should reveal that I had the Bills at number one. I'm guessing you have the Bills at number three. So. <laughs> I have the Bills at number three. Okay, so we have the same top three in different orders, but we both have the Bucks at two. So let's talk oh, about. No, the no, Bucks. I'm sorry. I have the Bills. I have the Bills at number four. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm a liar. Man. Who do you have? Yeah. Okay. Let's let's put a pin in that then. Wow, Bills at yeah. four. Interesting. Yes, we'll put a pin. Okay, so yep. at the Bucks, we both have at two. So the Bucks. Um, a lot of continuity here. Well, I you know there's some, <laughs> yeah. there's some changes. So um, the. Tom Brady, the receiver group, gets back Chris Godwin, adds Russell Gage, which is a signing I love oh, that we can talk about. Um, uh, so they, I wrote gone, question mark, Gronk. <laughs> we'll see about that. Uh, OJ Howard, but the moment Cameron Brate is TE1. And then the offensive line, everybody was freaking out about after the Super Bowl, but they managed to bring back Ryan Jensen. They traded for Shaq Mason, as we discussed. So gone are Ali Marpet and Alex Kappa. They have Aaron Stinney, who's got a fair amount of uh, experience with them at guard as well. Running back, you lose Ronald Jones. Uh, you draft Rashad White. Uh, and you also keep Fournette and Gio Bernard. So whew, let's start here. Do you, I, I'm just going to straight up ask you, do you think this offense is better? Ass- assuming Brady is plays like he did last year, do you think this offense could be better than the one last year? 
I think it could. I there, yeah, I really do think they could, especially if some of these rookies. I mean, this is every every team in the history of time in every sport ever. If they get some contributions from their rookies, um, yeah, I mean, their old line's another true strength. And again, that's going to be a theme of the offenses that I do like is quarterbacks and offensive line. Yeah. Funny how that works. <laughs> um, but uh, no, love the receiver room. I'll just knock that out. Right, Mike Evans is Mike Evans, star stud all-time guy like just a really really good player chris godwin coming back one of my favorite players i I agree with you russell gage signing and he's gonna be their number three he's a perfect skill set for him and godwin they can rotate in and out z and slot it's great even the role guys like uh tyler johnson and scotty miller are pretty solid role guys when you're getting down deep into depth chart and they have another guy jalen darden who they drafted last year so really just that's the receiver room offensive line you already hit up shaq mason trade was a steal I like Luke Gadecki, who they drafted in the oh, second yes. round. Oh, yes. I should have mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. So he, he has a chance yeah. at breaking. He has a chance. Yeah. Yeah, really interesting. Like, kind of like, he was like a late kind of like watch because everybody was watching Raymond, the other uh, Central Michigan offensive lineman. And also, they're like, who's this other guy? And he ended up going higher, which is pretty funny. I've never been a huge Leonard Fournette fan, uh, but he was better last year. He's kind of whatever, I think. Um, he still misses holes. He still has drops. But that's why I'm so high on Rashad White. Not just because in Dynasty League, if you if you notice how excited I was to draft him, <laughs> but his size, he's a smooth runner. He tested really well. He's an outstanding receiver, outstanding, really good hands. He used to be a, a receiver in high school and I think early in JUCO, and then but out of the backfield and running routes. And you know who loves to pepper his running backs is Tom Brady. And you know who gets so really just, angry when they drop those passes? Tom Brady. Tom Brady, exactly. Ronald, Ronald <laughs> Jones, shout out to you. <laughs> that's, why he's in Can- that's why he's in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. uh, but this is the same offense, though. And I know it's Byron Leftwich instead of Bruce Arians. But same offense that utilized David Johnson so creatively yeah. in Arizona. So I could see some similarities with Rashad White in their games. It's actually kind of funny. But then even tight end-wise, I love Cameron Bray. I, I think he's a really, really solid tight end. Their guy they drafted in the fourth round, Kate Otten, shout out to University of Washington. Good blocking tight end. He's and decent. Yeah. This this offense, it's a fourth rounder, so it's like whatever. Yeah. The, but this offense, though, and Gronk kind of, how they when they got Gronk, they had to change how they use their tight end because they use this tight end traditionally just as a blocker. He's a, he's a big extra tight uh, extra offensive tackle essentially. That's what Jermaine Gresham in Arizona was. He was just a, another right tackle for them. So I, that's why the Kate Otten pick made sense to me that he's a wide blocker. And if they get anything out of him, I think that'd be a nice bonus. But if Tom Brady is even ninety percent of what he was last year because what he was doing was insane, uh, I mean this offense I think is just going to tear people apart absolutely insane by the way the brady so we did the quarterback draft um we both did quarterback drafts like a few weeks ago and i was just like pulling all the (laughs) the deep numbers for the various quarterbacks like deep numbers under pressure deep balls when you get the ball at this time deep ball tom brady led the league in like freaking all of them at his it doesn't it doesn't make sense on the the i mean he threw forget the efficiency he threw the most 20 yard passes like i i just I don't know, man. The dude is insane. <laughs> and, you know, again, it, like as long as he's playing at this high, le- a high level behind a good offensive line, which is more important for Brady, I'd argue, than anything, um, yeah. they'll be fine. Uh, like our yeah. last memory of them is like barely losing to the Rams. Tristan Wirfs was like a shell of himself in that yep. game. 
which was massive, by the way. Oh, they were massive. they were walking wounded in that game. Yes. That was they just wanted to get through the game. They were like, oh, you could tell. Even their demeanor during that game was yeah. just like what? And then he almost <laughs> freaking brought them back. And there was one. <laughs> 65 yard bomb over Jalen Rand. I mean, just freaking insane. So yeah, I, I got a yeah. I got a lot of faith in this Bucks team, a lot of continuity, like the additions. I think it doesn't really matter who runs the ball. You're gonna get those quote unquote juicy looks um because of this offense and because <laughs> you're running behind a very, very good blocking line. So all right, so you don't have the Bills at three. I have them at four, yes. Let it rip. What do you got at three, Nate? I have the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. Okay. And yeah. You have them higher have than them? me. Yeah. I actually have yeah. them at six. Ooh, yeah. Let's talk about this it. This was one. I thought I would be lower on them, and it's again, when you start – just kind of, it's so funny. It's like we do this for a living. And I feel like I've talked about all these teams a hundred times. And I feel like I don't know what I've repeated and what's a new thought. <laughs> and then and then I'll look at like stuff like the Rams and you break it back down. And you're like, man, they were pretty freaking good last yeah. year. Crazy. Um the first the I'll first get with the negative uh on them is the nope nope Joe No Boom for Andrew Whitworth swap is gonna be scary until proven otherwise. Um I know they're high on him, but that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting, uh, but I mean, man, what they were doing last year—just getting all te- all those empty formations with the two chip help guys and just absolutely shredding people. Um, I, I tweeted the stat today. Since 2018, this is also a Patrick Mahomes stat as well as a Matthew Stafford stat. Is the top five EPA for dropbacks versus five five or more pass rushers since 2018 is Mahomes in 2018, Stafford in 2021. Those are the top two. And then it's Mahomes in 19, Mahomes in 2020, and then Mahomes in 2021 uh, rounds out the top five. You can't blitz them. They would attack down the field. I mentioned with the Chiefs that to, to get out of what defenses are trying to do, you have to punish them down the field. So they were getting defenses into these soft looks because they were scared to blitz them. And it, you could see Sean McVay truly lean into what Matthew Stafford's good at, which is the traditional old school seven-step drop back. And what they how they got to it was these empty looks, like I said mm-hmm. before, with the chip help. I'm curious to see how Allen Robinson fits in, but I think it's going to be nice in, in, in that X receiver role for them, like Brandon Cooks and OBJ were before with them. Yeah, um, He'll make a ton of sense in the red zone and winning one-on-ones, but uh, he'll sacrifice some yak that OBJ brought. That's the trade-off, I think. Um, but yeah, the last thing is I, I, I love their tight ends. The running back room's interesting, <laughs> uh, I'll say, but I, yeah. I do like the, the tight ends they have. Higby, Kendall Blanton, and Bryson Hopkins both had nice playoff games. Um, Van Jefferson really has to embrace that Robert Woods role uh, of being more of a blocker and being more what they call their Z um, because I don't think Tutu Atwell can even do that. (laughs) Uh, So they need something out of their other receiver other than Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup to match this ranking. And I really Mm -hmm. do think they can because I'm I'm excited to see his next step if Sean McVay has been in in the building at all the last few months. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I – Obviously, I'm very, I, you know, I have them at six. It's not, they're high. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. I'll throw out, like, the concerns. Uh, so, turnover on the offensive line. Now, Joe Noboom has been very good. And he's, of course, replacing the retiring Andrew Whitworth. But that still is a pretty significant, you know, strange. Yeah. Uh, and then on at right guard, um, I guess it's going to be a competition between the, they drafted someone, Logan Bruss, and then Bobby Evans, who has been up and down for them, to say the least. Um, losing Austin Corbett. Uh, the tight ends had like, so 
I, as someone who works at the Rams preseason, was delighted yeah. to see Kendall Blanton, Bryce, Kendall Blanton in particular, um, contributing. But that's a yeah. it, it, been pretty inconsistent, man. Like I, there are times when there, he'll go on these like stretches where you're like, oh snap, they got to run like you know he they, they, he's got to be on the field like he's a contributor, and then like he'll just disappear or, or struggle or drop, drop the ball. Is I, I don't know. I just kind of. I want to believe in this group, but I'm still a little sus. And then the final thing I'll throw at you is, do we think last year was a total aberration for Allen Robinson? Because he looked rough. Now, <laughs> rough. rough. Now, a lot of that, you could blame Justin Fields for. But watching him, I he looked a lot it's older. Frustrating. It was... Yeah. I mean, do you think that's just him being like, F this? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, do you, because you talked a little bit about him kind of fulfilling that, you know, X role for them. Like, do you, are, do yeah. you feel confident in that? I guess is what I would ask. I do. Uh, yes and no. Uh, I'm, I'm betting that, well, it'll be halfway between, you know, 2019, 2020 Robinson and 2021 Robinson. Um, the fact he's wearing number one is also helping out. Good point. Very good <laughs> point. This, Very this, good point. With this projection. Yes. Um, but no, it's no, he was not good last year and very frustrating. Uh, the stuff that he's supposed to be good at. He's a very detailed route runner, winning in contested catches. Um, just a crafty, you know, old man at the YMCA kind of game. And when you have to play that way, you have to be consistent because you know, as far as like what you're doing, because you're not winning with explosiveness and you're not winning with speed. Like OB, OBJ and Allen Robinson couldn't be any more opposite as yeah. receivers. OBJ is a wild horse at receiver. You He runs routes short. He runs routes all over the place, but then he'll run. He'll Boom. break everybody off. Ball in his hands. Uh, yeah. yeah. Ball in his hands and he's gone. Allen Robinson is everything to the catch point. Everything is crafty. He's a technician. And the fact that he wasn't playing that way last year is concerning. So I, I do agree with that. I'm betting on the LA boost, uh, the Stafford boost, the working mm. with McVeigh boost. Um, but yeah, no, I that's a very, 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 very fair uh, uh, concern to have, and that's why I think Van Jefferson's got to step yeah. his ass up well, <laughs> and, I, be, and be more consistent. I also think it's very likely OBJ comes back to this team. Um, Jordan Rodriguez covers the Rams for the Athletic. I think uh, had a she interviewed Kevin Demoff, and he talked about them working on that. It just seems at this point like pretty likely. Um, in that case, I would probably, you know, assuming, I mean, you know, he'll, it was ACL, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he'll be fine. I, I mean, assuming he comes back fine, I think that would probably bump them up for me. Um, and look, I think, I don't think Stafford was a one-year wonder, like with them. I think, I kind of think we're just going to see the same guy, which is like you said, unblitzable, um, just plays inside and outside of structure. I think they figured out how to blend their offense with what he yes. does well traditionally. Yep. I also expect him to throw a lot of interceptions, right? And like yep. it's he has his four plays a game, four plays a game where he's you know, so terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, shout out to Chrissy Tart. Um, so you know, like well, I I so I still think he's gonna be really, really good. It's you really like I'm sure you guys have talked about this. At this point, like there's the unblitzable quarterbacks and the blitzable quarterbacks, right? Like that's kind of yeah. the NFL. And yeah. he is firmly, firmly in the unblitzable category. As is the 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 quarterback whose offense you have relegated to four, though I have them at one. Four. Four. Okay. Four. The Buffalo Bills. The disrespect. 
Why are they your number one? I want to. How about you go first? Okay. And I'll be the rebuttal. All here. right. All right. All right. So I crack your knuckles. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I do. I am a knuckle cracker. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yes. Gross that sounds like gross, <laughs> gross so stomach. Hasn't. I try to do it on camera. Hold on. Oh, I already used up my my one knuckle. Okay. So last time we saw Super Soldier Josh Allen, he looked like the Super Terminator. Super Soldier Josh Allen. That's my nickname for him. Super Soldier Josh Allen. He looked like, like NFL the NFL YouTube channel like starts trying to come up with nicknames. Like the weirdest nicknames. Yeah. Like they call somebody the Winter Soldier, I think. It was just like made no sense. <laughs> yeah. Bazooka Josh. Um, okay. So <laughs> it was that uh, Google AI coming up with the YouTube. Oh my God. Yes, so that means. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So Josh Allen is Josh Allen. So let's start there. Yes. Um, I think him and Patrick Mahomes are currently in the top tier of quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, I like the changes to this wide receiver group. So Cole Beasley's out, Manuel Sanders out. You get Gabriel Davis, who, you know, a little bit of recency bias here, but like uh, bumped <laughs> up. Uh, I think Jameson Crowder uh, will be an upgrade for them over Cole Beasley. You still got they, they uh, kept Isaiah McKenzie and then drafted Khalil Shakir. Shakir, Ooh. I'm saying his name right, right? Khalil Shakir. Big I know Shakir. you're a fan, correct? Big fan. Okay, Big so fan. put a pin in that. Uh, you take OJ Howard, you know, from the Bucks. obviously didn't uh, pan out there, but I think he's going to be very interesting in this offense for reasons we can discuss that are not too dissimilar from what we talked about with Kansas City. Um, Dawson Knox, I think, has looked better and better. Uh, and then you add James Cook, which I just love that draft pick to the running back group. Offensive line, um, you add Roger Saffold, again, upgrade. Uh, I think, you know, and then you got Ryan Bates f- stolen from Chicago. Uh, and then on the right side, I think Spencer Brown can do a good job manning the opposite tackle from Deion Dawkins. What is not to love? What is not to love? New offensive coordinator, which okay, could be good. Could be Damn. good. No, it's could one. be bad. Damn. Yeah, and yeah. I owned I, a little. <laughs> not a knock. It, it, he could be even better. Like you don't know. Like you don't know who who these ideas come from. Um, I think some of the stuff too. I think the offensive line is more solid. Yeah. Then like good to very good. I think they were one injury away from scary territory. Uh, so that's where that's where that's my main, main hesitation when talking about them. If that that's why they are fourth. And that's, you know, I can make the same argument with the Rams as well, but I've seen more of the Rams have answers to it just by what they do on offense, like running the ball and how they how they do pass protection rules. So they also have a new offensive line coach in Buffalo. That's another thing. Um, I do like Deion Dawkins. Uh, but I agree. I love that flyer they took on OJ Howard. I, I think I thought that was brilliant. I mean, that's the type of guy you want to take a chance on. Just take the biggest athlete at the tight end position and just hope you can <laughs> get more out of them in a better situation. Um, I mentioned it before. The Chiefs went through a not the Chiefs. When I was talking about the Chiefs, the Bills they were going so super spread, and they're kind of not really. They're really inconsistent. It felt like for a lot of the year. And then about halfway through that Bucks game in week 14, it seemed like the light bulb went off for them. Uh, where same thing, where the RPO stuff, where they were throwing the ball by default when they should just be handing it off. Because again, they got the juicy run looks. And this is where this is where they started to bring in Reggie Gilliam. I think me and you have talked about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They started to use Reggie Gilliam, <laughs> which is, yeah, which is, I'm not saying Reggie Gilliam is the key to the 2022 Bills offense, but this kind of showed just a philosophical change. And this is also t- like chiefs and bucks or bills. It's kind of like, it's kind of, they're like in the same grouping mm-hmm. about what their limitations and what their adjustments have been and using Reggie Gilliam. Cause what they were doing is using him as more or less as a second tight end. What they were doing was, okay, if the defense wants to be 
when you're in 12 personnel or 21 personnel, why the advantage is that the defense has to dictate by personnel what they're in. Are they going to be in sub, nickel, or dime, or are they going to be in base? So if you want to be in base with an extra linebacker, okay, let's chuck the ball. Let's throw it. They have less speed right. on the field. The defense can't be as exotic. It's very simple, I know, but this is what it comes down to. If they want to be in sub or dime looks, you know, okay, let's, let's pound the rock. Let's run it. And you can see the Bills' offense really open up as they got to more of those types of looks under center, wing, wing formations. That's where O.J. Howard, I think, is going to come into play. So I think that's the upside. That's what I'm hoping that they lean into more. I'm hoping Ken Dorsey leans from, uh, learns from that. And, yeah, I do love the Khalil Shakir pick. I think he's going to be a, a great slot player that can play a little bit on the outside. But I think my hesitation why I have him at four is the offensive line and the new offensive coordinator. I guess I can't project – um, I guess yeah. everything I've hated. I, no, I don't know. No, no. I, I think it's fair. It's fair. A lot, the, especially the turnover of the coaching staff is really important. And then I think you're, you're not wrong about the offensive line. I mean, of the groups we've mentioned, definitely, you know, I, like I said, I had some questions about the Rams questions about the Bills depth. Totally fair. I will say like, I felt that. So you and I, the world's, um, preeminent Reggie Gilliam truthers, um, <laughs> counting those, <laughs> counting those snaps at the end of the season. Um, <laughs> I think the fact that they signed OJ Howard and drafted yep. James Cook signals that they want to have that versatility continue into next season. I should just take a beat to talk about James Cook. Um, so, you know, basically used as a scat back at Georgia, yeah. instantly the best pass catching running back on this roster. Um, I, you know, Singletary and Zach Moss just kind of didn't cut it for them in that regard. Uh, I do think Devin Singletary is pretty good, but um, you know, I, I think he is going to get a lot of play very quickly, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's pretty effective for them from the jump. Absolutely, yeah. Like Singletary, I think when I've been now that I got access to this true media, I've just been like deep in like Excel stats and all that. <laughs> I've, got, and, I've got some uh, Singletary stats in front of me. Do you? Yeah, Singletary is not a great receiver. He's like no. one of the least efficient receivers in the league. But I, I, as a runner, yeah, that's fine. I thought he was a, he's the best as a traditional runner, which is yeah. weird because Bills their run game so shotgun heavy. Like if if he, like Singletary is with like a I'm trying to think like a heavy under center team, like but like just a heavy under center team. I think that's where he'd be more unlocked. But this is the and I I, I talk about being so spready and so all these offenses mm-hmm. being so spready. And I'm not. And yeah, I'm going to defer. My dad's an offensive line coach. I went to Wisconsin. Yes, I do appreciate running the ball. It's more just what dials you can crank up and down exactly. when defenses adjust. That's all it is. And it's just giving yourself, a, yes, another way to answer the questions that the defense are giving you. That's all it is. I'm not saying the Bills have to run the ball 30 times with Reggie Gilliam on the field for 40 snaps. <laughs> it's more, <laughs> I mean, I do love seeing another number 41 out there, you know, but it's it's more just that when the defense does want to do that, okay, let's just, let's just pound the rock and, and make them, you know, until they get out of it. And then we can hit them with the stuff that we do like to do. That's all it is. And a lot of times at the end of the last season, that was just Josh Allen himself checking uh, <laughs> yeah. down to his feet, which on one yeah. hand – absolute nightmare feel on the other hand you know i think you want to be careful not to lean into that too much especially early in the season um remember in the first game i love i love oh sorry oh sorry i was gonna say in in game one they didn't run the ball once i don't know if you remember that oh yeah against the steelers yeah (laughs) i mean they did run it but i'm being you know yeah oh the steelers just 
dictated the whole game. Oh, the the Bills, you could tell because those first two games of the year you prep for, you know, you have so many game plan stuff. We were, we're going to do this. We're, they're not going to ready for this. And you could tell the uh, Steelers did not care about all the five receivers that the Bills ran that game. They're like, okay, cool. You're not going like, to, we'll just go high coverage because you're not going to run the ball. So it, it's funny, like when, you know, you get counterpunched earlier than you expect. And I think that game was like a great instance of it. Hmm. Okay. Number five, hey. who you got? Let's round out the top five. <sighs> this one, uh, five and six were very close to me. Five, I went with the Chargers. So I went with the LA Chargers, the off-season favorite for a lot of people. I also have the Chargers. And you... I um yeah, and I suspect I know I I was like calling a lot of audibles at the end. I know I texted you. I was like, oh, I can't get shaking. It's the, the I think that the top seven or eight, I'd say top eight are pretty clear to me. Um, but the order, I think you can make a bunch of different arguments. I, um, I, I my my top six is locked. Like that, yeah. And after that, it's okay. I have some question marks with some, but my top six is pretty. I'm, I feel pretty good. I'll about. be curious to see if we have the same team at six. Okay, let's start. With the, let's know. talk about the Chargers. Um, so, uh, just to kind of you know keeping receiver core is basically the same. I uh, did pay Mike Williams a ton of money. Tight end Jared Cooks out. Gerald Everett's in. Very different type of tight end. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensive line. Um, this is my con- biggest concern that they did draft Zion Johnson to help man the right side, which is just like a, just a total caved in like, yeah. Uh, the, Oh no. You know what I called them? A snickerdoodle crumbling last year. Cause people were like, just, just her replaced behind a great offensive line. I was like, the Why left snickerdoodle? Side, I don't know. I think it was Why like, I hadn't had lunch and I was thinking about it. Um, is that your so, favorite cookie? Or like, I love, are them. you like um, a snickerdoodle? No chocolate chip, but, um, okay. Okay. Good. Good. We still don't know who's playing right tackle. And yep. last I heard it's a competition between storm Norton and Trey, Pip- <laughs> Trey Pipkins, you know, okay. I think there could be some improvement there, but man, that was rough for them last year. Uh, yes. and then the corner, the running back group, I just, you know, Eckler's still there. They drafted Isaiah Spiller. I thought that was a really fun pick, uh, to see if they can get, you know, finally settle on a number two behind him. So, all right, let's talk chargers. Yeah, let's talk Chargers. Uh, let's let's talk Justin Herbert and how fun he is. Uh, they yeah. no, uh, they they still lack a bit of team speed, like you said. You they they brought back the receiver group, but how they get about it or go about it is okay. Let's just have Mike Williams dunk on guys on goes routes on the outside. They they talked about this last year going or as the year started. Um, Joe Lombardi is a very traditionally based attack kind of guy, and mm-hmm. I. Not negative, not positive. I'm just saying that's just how he goes about it. Actually, it's a lot of similarities to what I ran in college, actually, because Paul Christ and Lombardi have kind of – they never worked together, but similar, similar routes um, as far as their offensive is through Sean Payton. And why I'm saying all that is they had Mike Williams be a true X receiver, and he really got unlocked doing that. And so that's how they attack vertically with him is mm-hmm. more back shoulders and him dunking on guys. But on the flip side of that is I really wanted them to add some speed. I think you and I talked about this offseason. Oh, my God, how much fun would Jameson Williams be with them? You know, how much fun yeah. would, uh, you know, some uh, Will Fuller be with them? Like, you know, just some kind of juice, uh, some kind of juice. They have Jalen Guyton um, to kind of be that guy. But when you have a guy that's essentially a one-trick pony for you as to take the top off the defense guy, you know, defenses adjust. Oh, Here's the speed guy. You know, the speed guy's over here. Okay, let's, let's play back. Safety's play back. 
Um, I really like Joshua Palmer again, power slot. So yeah. he's at three so far. That's three times I've said some power <laughs> slot on the show. I'm I'm, ma- I'm making it happen. I'm making fetch happen. Uh, but he's more of like a number three type as he's not a speed guy. He's more of a long-term, possibly a Keenan Allen replacement, but he's more of a nice underneath guy an intermediate guy as opposed to a deep guy. Um, the tight end room kind of, I'm not a big Everett guy. Mm. Kind of, yeah, I know you aren't after last year with him. Uh, oh, Seattle, no, I uh, actually, no, I want to, <laughs> I, I, I said he was different from Jared Cook, which is extremely different. I mean, he's the guy, you know, obviously this is kind of influenced by watching him with the Rams, but who can hopefully get them yards after the catch over the middle of the field. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not, he's not like your strong red zone target by any means. Mm. Had some very, uh, but that's why you have Mike Williams. Yeah. Right. And yeah. <laughs> Yes. And Keenan Allen's like amazing in the red zone. So and Keenan Allen. Yes. And yeah. Cause he can Austin Eckler catching the ball is incredible. Um, yes. Yeah. Let me, I, okay. So where do you think? What, what? Her, oh, sorry. Oh no. I was going to say why I'm kind of like, it's like hesitant for me to like make them higher, even though there's, they can be, I I'm sure their highs are going to be the high, like mm. it's the highlight offense. It's so cool watching Justin Herbert play. But because of the weaknesses, I think they have the tight end room. And really, after the running back depth outside of Eckler, I was a little lower on Spiller than some others. But it's mm. last year, it was so frustrating watching them. And I think Austin Eckler got frustrated because he kind of like more or less called out the other running backs. Yeah. Is none of them can handle protection, any of them, like none of them. And so they had to limit their offense because they couldn't trust their tight ends of running backs to pick up anybody if they blitzed. If you watch them against the Ravens, I want to say. Uh, the Ravens just blitzed them out of the game. And so the Chargers had to like go basic protections. And so they can't, you can't, why that matters is you can't get to the fun, cool plays that you want to get to if you can't protect it. <laughs> you can't, if you can't like actually like get everybody out, all five eligible receivers out uh, on routes. So I think they just ran some limitations with that. So that's, that's why I'm like, and also with the right tackle, like you mentioned, like where it's like, yes, they were fourth in DVOA last year. And it was still like, there's so much room for improvement. And I think they're naturally going to get it because Justin Herbert's a phenom. Um, and some, they have so many other nice pieces, but there's going to be, I think once in a while they'll get maybe personnel won't be up to snuff against some of the better defenses. I was just like, as you were talking, I was looking up Eckler's carries last year as, as an Austin Eckler fantasy owner. I love the fact that he was used significantly more than every other running back. Um, yeah, I, I, okay. So like, I, mm, I, I think like they kind of started to figure out this was an interesting offense to watch schematically for all the reasons yeah. you mentioned. I think a lot of people were really frustrated at the beginning of the season. Um, and as the season went on, I think the offense sort of evolved. Uh, is, I mean, the question I was going to ask you is like, where do you think Justin Herbert finished in air yards per attempts, average depth of target last oh. year? Uh, 11th. 19th. Woo. Yeah. They love running stick. Hey, they, they love, they love that quick game. I bet if you, uh, do that for a first and second half split though. It, it's probably a lot higher at the, in the second half of the season, right. I would guess. Although the, there were games where that was not the case. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, this is offense where I think people were frustrated by him, how relatively inefficient they were on first and second down, even though, you know, Herbert was sensational on third downs, finished first in EPA per play um, over the course of the entire season. Um, I think just like another year of him and Joe Lombardi, I think that's a good thing. Um, 
you know, we're going to continue to see this offense grow and Justin Herbert grow. Uh, I, the fact that I was a little bit surprised by how much money they give to Mike Williams, but I think that they have a lot of confidence. Her- Herbert has a lot of confidence in him. Yeah. I also think, and this is where I was a little bit concerned. I love Keenan Allen. He showed a little bit of signs of aging this last season. A little, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Also drops, which is weird as hell. Like whenever he dropped the ball, I was like, what? <laughs> Why? <It's> not- <laughs> so confusing to me. Um, but I still think it's, it's, like, a, yeah. it's like, it's like, you know, when you see bad CGI, right. Your, you're eyes, just like, your eyes, your eyes are like, that doesn't look right. That doesn't look right. Right. I mean, you remember I mean, I don't have his drops in front of me, but there's not that of- new stranger thing. Not that new stranger thing season though. They, that CGI is spruced up. Talk about that later. <laughs> um, for me, this is just like, I like the Zion Johnson edition. You know, I, I do love that. That's one of my favorite draft picks of the entire draft was that. The Chargers taking Zion Johnson. I love I, that one. Austin Eckler is also like amazing, I think. And like, yes, I think my you know, second team all pro pick last year. Incredible. It finishes near the top of the NFL in most advanced metrics. Um, I think that bolstering the right side of that line, even, you know, at least on the interior, will help them, will help him a lot as well. I think this is going to be a really balanced offense. And for me, it's just like Justin Herbert is kind of my answer. Um, there, <laughs> right. there are like there are more question marks for me with this team than the other teams we discussed, yep. but yep. Justin Herbert. So, all right, Justin Herbert, who's only entering year three, by the wild. way, wild. <laughs> this is just Man- wild, maniac. wild, wild. No, I, I completely agree with you. Is that every question mark I have, I answer with number ten. It, it's yeah. just like okay, well, they still have Justin Herbert to to help them out. So this is a top five offense. I know I sounded negative throughout that piece, but th- this is still a top five offense. I mean, I what, still think their highs are going to be so high. Last year, hold on, let me just pull up. They finished fourth in DVOA, yeah, and yes. fifth in EPA per play, and that was year two, new coordinator, like still a yep. much significant. I think a worse offensive line. Rashawn Slater, yep. year one, like this is yeah, they're solid. All right. After the break, let's see if we have the same team at number six. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Mina show today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P dot com slash Mina show, M I N A S H O W. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, 
S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, Nate. So to recap, your top five went Chiefs, woo, Bucks, um, Rams, Bills, Chargers. My top five was um, Bills, Bucks, Chiefs. Wait, yes, wait. But who did I have at five? <laughs> oh, I never Just gave you my mind. five team because I had the, Ra- yeah. the Rams at six. Okay, so will you reveal me your number six, and I'll tell you if I had them at five. Go. My number six is Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. And what's yours? Also the Cincinnati Bengals. Ah, there it is. Yeah, I was. Oh, right. I didn't reveal my top five because no. I'm really not good at this. Okay. Wait, no, no. I had the Rams <laughs> at six. Sorry, sorry. I'm getting confused by this. Okay. So I had the Bengals at six. You're confused. So I'm Every- everyone's gonna yell at I'm me. like, okay. Everyone's going to yell at me for having the Bengals at seven. I had the Rams at six. Right. Sorry. Um, okay. I'm trying to keep a track of yours. I'm getting confused by mine. So I had a totally different team at, t- at five. And this is one I was like, uh, I'll go first, I guess, because yeah. I had the Raiders yeah. at five. Okay. Is that crazy? I so leap of faith. I should have taken the Bengals. I'm changing it. I'm changing it. I'm changing it. I'm swipping them. Aud- watching them. Uh, audible. I'm calling an audible. Okay. I'm switching them. You know, at the second, ugh, I okay. So I waffled so much on yes. these three picks and the order to put them in, as you know, because I kept texting you like, "How? Where should I have the Bengals?" Uh, <laughs> I had the Rams at six, so I went. Okay, <laughs> I went Raiders, Rams, Bengals. I'm changing it. I'm going. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm going Bengals, Rams, Raiders. So let's talk about the Bengals. Okay. okay. I'm so okay. easily convinced. <laughs> I suck at this. I'm like, I'm like marking them down. I'm like, okay, okay. No, I just, okay, I, I, yep, I was it. really like, I felt like I, I was like, let me put the Raiders. And, and then as soon as I said it and I started looking at the chart again and I just started thinking about it. And then I looked at the Bengals. I just got, I just got spooked again. Okay. Let's go with the Bengals. So, so I'll say real quick too. I know right, you were saying go to the Bengals. The Raiders were my last like drop at the. end. <gasps> like, they didn't make you don't have them 10. in the top ten. They're eleven for me, and, <gasps> but I but I can be convinced that them after <gasps> top six. That's when I, yep, seven. Wow. Oh my god. Okay, yeah. so we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about the Raiders after this. We'll, we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, because they're my seventeen now. Yeah, um, okay, let's talk they're about the Bengals. For me. Let's talk. Oh my god. Okay. I can't believe you have that 11. I know. I know. I was dreading if you were going to say the, the Raiders. So I was like, ah, oh, she's going to mention them. Ah, okay. Yeah. Raiders. Later. We'll talk. About okay. It. Let's talk about the Bengals. Um, <laughs> so uh, right. Bengals, you know, um, same wide receiver group, arguably the best in the NFL. It's not one of the best in the NFL. CG Ozama's gone. Hayden Hurst is in. Offensive line continues to improve. Uh, you bring in Alex Kappa, Ted Karras, Lyle Collins. Uh, to make basically the right side of the line. Uh, otherwise, everything's the same. Um, so you were like a little skeptical of the Bengals. So I actually want to ask you, because uh, like, what made you decide to put them on the list? This this feels, I, I knew I'd have them in my top 10. It was just how high. And I feel pretty good about right here, about six right here, because yes, you're betting on Burrow and the receivers. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. But the offensive line, 
even if they didn't really get stars across the board, Lyle Collins was more solid last year than good, but yeah. I still think he'll get bopped because he'll be healthier. Um, and Kappa is more solid. Um, it's so much better than. Yeah, <laughs> it's just getting getting to average is so much better than. Yeah, I, I, I felt like when like people brought, when the signings were made, everyone was like Alex Kappa, like dead care superstar. And I'm like, ah, like these are good guys, but like yes, we, you yes. know, our last memory is of Joe Burrow getting murdered. So. You know, these are exactly he won't get murdered. Hey, hey, C's get degrees. So that's <laughs> that's kind of what they're going. They're better, they're better than and, C's, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are better than C's. I know, but I didn't want to say B's and B minus, and that kind of ruined the joke. So now I'm explaining it. So it's already ruined even okay. more. Um, okay, thank you. Okay. I appreciate so it. How did you learn to but, embrace the Bengals? Yeah. <laughs> um with the Bengals, it's they are can be a frustrating offense. They're very siloed. And what I mean by, I think maybe I've talked about this on the show is okay. On second along, they do this on second and third, third, uh, you know, one through four, they do this on first down. They do this on third down. They do this. It's very, they telegraph or they are very, um, their tendencies are very strong and it works for them in the sense that, cause they got freaking great players. They got to the best, yeah, I, I would say the best receiver core in, in the league, plus with Joe Burrow, who is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league and is willing to give his guys chances. Uh, the thing with that offense, it was reliant on explosive plays. It was relying on coin flips. And maybe if it's not total coin flips, because Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are so good at these at these types of uh, plays and more 60-40, you're still, you know, that's still 40% failure rate, you know. And I think that's why you watch this Bengals team and you watch a couple drives and you're like, who can stop this team? Yeah. No one's going to be able to stop this. And then you watch some drives or you watch like games like against them, against the Broncos, where you're like, this offense sucks. That, yeah, that was <laughs> this, gross they, game. Gross game. Gross. Gross. And that was, you know, shout out to, you know, Vic Fangio. But like that's they were figured out they kind of like baited them into doing the the, the worst tendencies that the Bengals have. So. I, I feel comfortable with them here because their highs are so high, but they also, this is more of the Zach Taylor have yeah. adjustments in him. More pressures on him than and he has no more excuses. I think your offensive line is fine. Solid. You have Joe Burrow still another year, Joe Burrow. You have great receivers. The tight end is a little drop off, drop off from going Uzama to Hurst, but they don't use the tight end too much in the passing game just because they have Tyler Boyd um, and mm-hmm. slot receiver. They still have Joe Mixon. I think that it's more, are you betting on Zach Taylor to adjust? Are you betting on Zach Taylor to, to add to the plays that Joe Burrow likes? Joe Burrow has a couple plays that he loves. 989, mm-hmm. um, why cross? He has a couple plays he loves. They dressed them up. They did a better job of dressing them up. Okay, now what's the adjustment off of that? Um, I think it's too hard to just live with three fastballs or three pitches um, or however you want to put it. They need a new thing to throw in there, a new variable. So that's where I'm kind of a little hesitant, where I think they might be more of a better, more consistent team, but kind of mm. finish the same, if that makes sense. Like it's more consistent, but less explosive. I like um, the versatility that they have in their pot. Like if they like, so, you know, we talked a lot about how teams adjusted to the Bills and Chiefs, you know, playing yeah. back uh, against their deep threats. Um, I think like the Bengals are going to run into that a little bit with chase um doing what he did towards the end of the season and you kind of saw like what defensive like whoa like okay this guy's maybe one of the best deep threats in the nfl and joe burrow's willing and accurate in delivering him the ball there uh, i mean you know you obviously saw 
some defenses bracketing him and such. But I like the fact that this team has a lot of change-ups in their arsenal. Um, you know, the running game is effective. I mean, the offensive line, yeah. as bad as they were, was actually like fairly decent at uh, run blocking last year. They're going to be better this year. They've got a good running back. It was the same play every time too. It was awesome. What was the one? Yeah, and I was going to say, was that the was it the Steelers where they just kept spamming outside zone? It was like, oh my god, you really can't. No, that yeah. was it. Wasn't the Steelers? They had a game against the Raiders, I think, too, where Maybe they did that. that. I, I could be wrong, but I, no, they they. I, yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, it's the same run over and over. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and so you know, I think that I like that the versatility. I I, I think this wide receiver group just absolutely slaps. Um, I mean, one, two, three. <laughs> one two three like who I, I i guess if you count tight ends it gets a little bit complicated but um i think t higgins has a big leap in him candidly like i think yeah. as much he as we so talked about he was so far as, as much as we talked about chase you know and the some of the insane things he did not just as a deep drive but like after the catch just bonkers bonkers stuff ask the baltimore ravens um i think t higgins was is extremely i think he like he has the potential to be like a top three player of that type in the nfl yeah you know like just the guy who's gonna make those like catches yeah possession guy over the middle you know like and i think there's still some something to be unlocked there because he's he can turn those into explosives as well and they don't have to be deep right so um, I just and, and then it's, you know, it's pick your poison. Yeah. yeah, it is like so. I think I just really feel like they have such a strong base, and I think Joe Burrow, like at, you know, at this point, it's not like Justin Herbert. Just, I I feel like he's so he was just so freaking good last year. Like I I just so accurate, so like the decision making was really impressive. The po- he, he takes some unnecessary sacks, and I think that a better offensive line will see what how that evolves, but the pocket movement is just so, so special with him. So like, I just, I, I feel like this offense, like, you know, they struggled a lot at the beginning of the season. There were some growth issues. I think next year is going to be a big year for them. Oh, I agree. I, and that's where, that's where it's just that they're like, their explosive plays are so cool. Like just, it's cause it's truly football at its simplest. Like right. our guy is better than your guy. Go post go. Yeah. <laughs> right. Good, yeah. good luck. And that's, I, I'm glad you highlighted T Higgins because that's caught up in the Jamar chase high, highs, you know, or the talk of Jamar chase is how effective and explosive T Higgins was. He had, he was fourth in DVOA for receivers last year, fifth in DYAR from football outsiders. Those are both above Jamar chase. Yeah. Chase was 11th in DVOA and 6th in DYAR. So, like the top five for DYAR by football outsiders is Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Mike Evans, and T. Higgins. That's the top five. And so, all those counting stats, those advanced stats speak to it. The, the eye test speaks to it. Him just dunking on guys and becoming a better route runner as well. And yeah, I, I'm, it, it's so hard to defend one, having, one true number one receiver, but having two guys that can win essentially every one-on-one matchup is it's terrifying for defenses. And then you got a great zone beater and uh tower boy in the middle. It's, it's yeah. really, 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 really hard to stop. And, I heard- no, I, I'm also glad you spoke to the run game as well. That's where I was talking about how it's siloed. Yeah. I, want to see blend, I know. Blend, I know. Ball. It really was blended. like, okay, they're, they're running the ball. Okay. They're passing. It the looked ball. like Dan okay. Orgolowski's plate. You know, like everything's separated <laughs> and nothing blends. 
Uh, but speaking of cooking, like this is this team, it feels like they have the ingredients to actually be number one. The question is like, is the cook going to use them properly? Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of Higgins, not let Joe, not let Joe cook, let Zach blend. And that's, that's, (laughs) I don't know about that though. Um, but yeah, I mean, Joe, like, you know, if you just broke down any split man zone blitz pressure, he was certainly one of those unblissable quarterbacks, you know, by the end of last season. Um, and that Higgins, by the way, you're talking about some of the advanced metrics. One that jumped out to me, uh, NGS has this stat catch rate over expectation, second yeah. in the NFL. You know, I mean, <laughs> just sensational. Okay, so I, Bengals respecter, had them at five. Granted, I changed it at the last minute. Um, let's talk about the Raiders because I had, you know, I've got the Raiders okay. at seven. I'm sticking with the Raiders at seven. You don't even have them on those lists. You absolute hater. Um, Thank you for emphasizing that. Okay, listen. <laughs> They have one of the two, I would say, okay, a top two player at wide receiver, slot receiver. Yeah. Okay, let me go to top three. Top three player at wide receiver. Okay, okay. Slot receiver, tight end. Because I wanted to include Darren Waller. I mean, I and I know the offensive line is probably why you're Okay, that's what out. I was just about yeah. to say. <laughs> They're not How many that of their starters bad. can you name outside of Colton Miller? Well, I have them in front of me, so I'm not going to lie to you and pretend like I uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't. Is Alex Leatherhead going to be a backup this year? I guess maybe. Apparently, he but, lives in the same neighborhood as my parents, too, which is funny. Oh, oh because they're in Vegas. Vegas so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Even with that offensive line, I thought Derek Carr, you know, was quite aggressive. Always been the question with him. <laughs> no, this is always the thing He's, with Derek Carr. It's like, are you gonna are you gonna throw the ball? No, no. Throw it the line? And he was. I actually thought last year he was impressive, not only in his aggression. Obviously, you know, Henry Ruggs and that horrible tragedy kind of changed yeah. the calculus for what they were doing on the field, but also like playmaking. So I was just I pulled this because I wanted to see something. Derek Carr, when the time to throw was four seconds or more, near the top of the NFL in a lot of metrics, third in completion percentage over expectation. That's ahead of Justin Herbert. <laughs> um, I wow. thought I thought I was really impressed by the fact. I thought last year he broke a lot of kind of the Derek Carr stereotypes. Uh, you know, it's continued to in terms of the aggression, the playmaking, that kind of thing. So. Um, this is a team that really struggled in the red zone. Now you have the most uncoverable red zone wide receiver in the NFL, coupled coupled with, I think, you know, a slot receiver who's the second most behind Cooper Cup. Um, Dar- Darren Waller. He's dynamite down there. Oh. And He's now so you have in the red zone. freaking Josh McDaniels coaching him. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to go nuclear. Yeah. Um, no. Okay. So why it was tough for me. Well, my biggest question actually, you know, like I, okay. So when they, when they, brought when they hired coach McDaniels before the trade for Devonte Adams and he brought over the Patriots fullback, uh, Jakob Johnson. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and you know, you're like, okay, you got, you know, good tight, two good tight ends, Foster Road, in addition to Waller, you've got one of the best slot receivers in the NFL and you've got a good run game and a good fullback. He's going to go new England, Vegas, new England, West coast. But then they signed Devontae Adams, and now I'm like, ah, like what? What's yeah. this, what's this going to look like? I, I think the fact that they have though a very, 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 very smart offensive coach and these ingredients, I just, I, I think they're going to cook. No, and that's 
that's it was tough for me because I've become more of a fan of Josh McDaniels watching him with Cam Newton and then watching him with Mac Jones and going, oh, okay, you know how to kind of like adjust some stuff. This is this is interesting. You, you yeah. remember when um uh the Tom Brady suspension year, like watching that offense with Brissett and Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like I I think he's very good at that. So yeah, I, I've become more and more of a fan of him. Like. As I've matured as a, as he's <laughs> as a matured. watcher, but as he's, as he's matured too. And I think he's come in to come in to the Raiders, came to the Raiders and he's got a better mindset. You know, these guys, I, I, I don't want to say the term retread, like it's derogatory, but a guy that gets a second chance, um, you know, some, you see that they can adjust usually. And he's had a lot of time to kind of like, you know, really maybe adjust from some mistakes he made in Denver. So that, that is why it was hard for me to keep him off this list. And they were the one, they were my last cut. It's a barely last cut, but speaking to your Derek Carr stuff, he's never thrown the ball over 20 yards more than in his entire career than he did last year. He threw, he had more 81, he had 81 attempts last year over 20 yards or more. Uh, in the last four years, these are stats I can pull up right now. The next highest was 63. So, and that was the year before. That was 2020. The year before that was he had 41 attempts over 20 yards more. So he's almost doubled in the last couple of years. And he's efficient on those. His EPA gone up in those. Uh, his their play action rate kind of bumped up a little bit, and his EPA off of that's gone up a bit. So those were some of the question marks. So I agree with you that the areas that he was supposed to prove upon were his frustrations, even when I was with him in the Raiders, was can you launch the ball deep, take some chances, and can you scramble sometimes when the defense takes away? And I think he's really worked at trying to improve on those to make his life easier. Because when he's hot, he he can make a lot of really good throws, and he's very cerebral with protection stuff. But, yeah, it is really just like being more aggressive. Um, and I think McDaniels is going to bring it out of him. But I love that you brought up the fullback usage because I did a piece on question marks with all the new offensive play callers. And – I was like, how the hell are they going to use this personnel? They got this Hunter Renfro. This was post-Adams post trade. Yes, post-Adams yes, Okay, trade. yeah, right. How, how, yes. How the hell are they going to use Renfro, who's a monster from the slot? He's okay from the outside, along with a fullback and Darren Waller. It's just, I'm very curious how McDaniels, because I've seen him get more creative. How is he going to like mix all these variables together? So, But really, my main blemish, why I have them outside the top 10, is the offensive line. And really, yeah. that's, that's what it's going to come down to. Derek, uh, Derek Carr under pressure when he has a lot of when he gets hit a lot when he has a lot of hands in his faces can waver he can go up and down mm. um, so that's where my main concerns come in but I am I am I definitely do think they're going to be in that top ten conversation top twelve conversation throughout the year though I, I will be curious to see like so you know the Patriots use a lot of play action the Raiders use yes amongst at least in the NFL I wonder if that's something that they'll lean on a bit more in terms of like also like alleviating that pressure um there's just so much versatility on this roster inside yeah. out versatility I mean you know Devontae Adams you can play it's anyway. fun. and you're talking about the deep stuff like I think we think of like you know uh, Nelson Aguilar like Deshaun Jackson yeah. Devontae Adams is a crazy deep threat I mean he's the most yes. I think he's him and copper the most complete receivers in the league and um it's just, man, how do you cover Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro? You, you you get to the quarterback. That's about it. So, and yeah. we'll see. All right. So you had, <sighs> you had, no, no. no, I'm just trying to, okay. So you had the Bengals at six. So <laughs> trying to list it off again. We're on to seven. So um, okay. can I guess who you have here? Now that I know sure. that you don't have the Raiders. Yeah. 
I think you might have the team that I have at eight, the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, no, I have the Ravens at eight. Okay, so you had seven. So, Cowboys. Woo! This was, this Woo! was spicy. This, okay, so this my, was the, the one. They're on the cusp for me. Okay, okay. Yeah, the I'm going to talk out both sides of my mouth here Let's because everything I just brought up, all the negatives the I just brought up. The offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, uh, I actually have a hot take. I think that Cowboys offensive line, assuming Tyron Smith stays healthy, um, I actually think they'll be okay because, like, I think people overestimated the Lael Collins loss a little bit. Yes. Um, with Terrence Hill came in, yeah, I think you know, well, it, they're not the same, but if assuming the Tyler Smith draft pick works out, um, I could see them actually being pretty solid. Yep. No, and that's one of my main arguments for this is that I don't think the Cowboys' offensive line was as dominant as people. They uh, it was a lot of kind of um, um what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like stuff that came from before. Like it was, yeah. everyone had these high feelings of the Cowboys offensive line. From it ain't 2014. They, yeah. Yeah. Residuals. There we mm-hmm. go. Residuals in 2021, but it was more like, okay. They were more of a solid offensive line. Okay. You know, I, I'm actually higher on Tyler Smith, a lot higher than a lot of other people are. I think he's a very talented player. I'm curious to see him at guard, but I think he has a chance to be a long-term answer at left tackle. Um, He's, he's got work on his hands. But uh, other than that, I, I I think there's going to be some improvement through some tra- uh, through subtraction from uh, losing Amari Cooper. I thought him and CeeDee Lamb had some redundancy with their skill set as far as kind of Amari's best actually mo- on the move when he's working from the slot and he doesn't get pressed. And CeeDee Lamb is best when he's on the move working from the slot. <laughs> uh, so I thought they kind of uh, – they couldn't really get them both – to get in their best situations always. So I think that's going to actually help um, just focusing CD's role and uh, him and Dak have fantastic chemistry. Um, I really like Dalton Schultz uh, improved as a blocker. He's a great safety valve. No tight end since 2019 has had more first downs on third and fourth down than Dalton Schultz. Like his first down percentage is the highest 65.2%. Um, a healthy Michael Gallup as their ex. Uh, I, I, that makes sense. He's a true X receiver. This is another, much like Sean Payton or Joe Lombardi, very traditionally based offense of how they put everybody. Yeah. Um, he's their X, which is also a negative. I'll, I'll get to in a sec. Um, but uh, Jalen Tolbert, who they drafted in the third round, he's great on the intermediate deep stuff. I think how those three receivers blend together is a, fits a little bit more than with Amari um, when he was there. I think the run game is, their run game was looking really good at the beginning of the year. Zeke is Zeke's banged up. Like he just he kind of fades as the season goes on. It is what it is. Pollard, best on the outside stuff. So it's like they they have to figure out what the balance is with those two. Um, McCarthy, Mike McCarthy came out this this uh, I think today or yesterday. Okay, so I want to talk about this. Said, yeah. Oh, what using using Dak in the run game? So what frustrates? Okay. I was last- going to get one of the negative with it. Yeah, that bothered me. Um. That didn't bother me, but what frustrated me a lot about watching Dak in the second half of the season wasn't that he wasn't used as a design runner. It was that his, he abjectly refused to scramble. And yes, that yes. was, I, I don't, and maybe my hope is that it was kind of a, because of the high ankle sprain, you know, maybe there's some tentativeness there, but God, the number of times in which he could have picked up, picked up first downs or gotten close to it um, was really frustrating to watch down the stretch. Oh, I'm I'm so glad he brought it up because I was going to say my main frustration with my man Dak is that it seemed like he wanted to be the supreme pocket passer 
and not, and sometimes I'm like, just be an athlete, just go scramble, yeah. get that first down. Yeah. Um, injury, like you said, the injuries might've mattered, uh, probably did matter, <laughs> but this is a few, few, fewest amount of times he's scrambled since 2018. It's the least amount of EPA per scramble he's had since 2018. It's the lowest EPA per design run since 2018. All the numbers have dropped. They dropped off a cliff. Yeah. It wasn't even like he was average. It was bad. Um, but that's what's, I love Dak because he's such a good all around. He's so accurate. He'll attack all areas of the field. He's good at every type of throw. But what made him even, what I thought would made him even better was his ability to run. So, yes, they do need, he needs to sometimes not have to make everything perfect and attack from the pocket and just tuck it and run for those seven yards and get the first down and make your life easier. So, kind of almost what we've talked about with Derek Carr or frustrations we had with him is like Dak needs to get back to what he used to be. Yeah, 100%. And if we get uh, even, you know, if we get, pre-injury deck this is a top five poppins like that deck was incredible that yeah. was mvp deck i just um so that patriots game yep. yeah pop that calf or the ankle or whatever it was yeah so for me it's just like let's see it you know but i love your all of your points about yeah. the wide receiver group and how they might blend together well um yeah that's gonna be interesting to watch play out i think a lot of, a lot of heat on kellen moore this year a lot of pressure i think to i yeah I'm, I'm i'm part of that i'm gonna be part of that heat a little bit he's got to get his guys on the move more too many stationary routes and that's where i was gonna say the negative of being a traditional offense is too many routes where the guys are stopping uh as opposed to going on the move and creating yards after the catch so i i, I think he's gotta he's gotta add some more pitches to his arsenal so we both have the ravens at eight you recently wrote about sort of what happened to the ravens offense right Yes, I did. So about yeah, Lamar and yeah, just whatever. Yeah, whatever so the hell that offense I, was last year. I think yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to start because, um, like, I think like we're both putting them in the top ten. I think we're both yeah assuming that they make a, a pretty significant improvement. Um, I feel like for both of us, I'm guessing that starts with the offensive line. Um, I. I like as much as people talk about the receiver group and whether and you know obviously there's a lot of huge question marks there and there's a lot of pressure on rookie uh, or second year receiver Rashad Bateman to step up after Marquise Brown left, um, that wasn't the problem. Like the problem was <laughs> right. the offensive. One. I mean, you know, it wasn't great at times, but and I'll include Nick Boyle, the one of the better blocking tight ends in the NFL in this mix. Like they were decimated i mean i think in your piece you you talked about did you talk about lamar jackson at empty and how much he struggled last season compared to previous seasons yes if i remember correctly yep yes Freaking, it was like the um is it 300 where the guys come pouring through the wall is that it <laughs> that's what it was like every time he was an empty like it was a nightmare fuel it, it was i mean so yeah ali villanueva is retired bradley bozeman's gone so you got ronnie stanley coming back from injury draft tyler linderbaum at center and you signed Morgan Moses, who's a solid right tackle. And then, you know, you have Tyree Phillips, Kevin Zeitler at guard, uh, Patrick McCarry, who can be a swing tackle. You, you draft Daniel Falalele, the gigantic tackle. Um, so, you know, this, there's no way they can be worse than they were. No way. Not going to Exactly. They, they had, yeah, not going to They had, uh, in Football Outsiders Database, no team has lost more games to uh, adjust the games lost than the Ravens were last year. That's their no, whole no, no. team. In but that's 20 years, I believe. It was yeah. like in 20 yep. years, they've never, I mean, a lot of that is the defense we don't have to talk about, but God, they were decimated. Yeah. It's, oh man. And it's that, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the empty stuff. And that's where 
when they had to pass because they they're they're playing Devonte Freeman at running back and you know they're they lost their three starters at running back they had offensive line injuries they're still able to do some fun stuff in the run game but that's where this offense is built I mean obviously with Lamar's talents and also with what Greg Roman is good at Greg Roman is a great run game coordinator and then the passing game is he he gets lost in the sauce too much it's they try to do so much and all these different adjustments and different read routes. And you can just see that their guys couldn't handle it, whether it's through injuries, youth. Um, they had a lot of guys running routes in the same area, which made Lamar's life hell yeah. because he already struggles with timing anyways. And that just made it even worse. Um, so I, I just think that honing in, I'm glad you brought up the empty stuff because that was limitations of scheme. It was Greg Roman not having a good answer. And it was the Bengals game where it started to get exposed. And then the Dolphins Thursday night game where it was like, oh, my God, it was every single snap. They were in empty. He got he got pressured. I think it was something I think I had a stat. It was, um, yeah, the Ravens were in empty eight times a game with Amar QB. And he was pressured on half of those snaps. <laughs> uh, so he was pressured on four out of eight snaps when they were in empty. The, the NFL average is one and a half. So. Pretty, well, essentially triple the usual rate uh, of that. So they need to figure that out if they want to live that way. The run game is going to be better just through health. J.K. Dobbins is, I think, a good player, and I'm, I'm excited to see what he can mm-hmm. do this year. Um, Linderbaum pulling will be a lot of fun. Mark Andrews was a freaking monster last year. He so he, he's their number one. Yeah, third. Yeah, he's their number one. He's their number one. So like everyone's like, oh, who do they have? Charlie? Well, I actually think Rashad Bateman, you and I both are very high on him, has the potential very to, high. to be like – their ex receiver. Um, I thought yeah. you, you really saw a lot of those qualities that I think we both loved about him in college on display, but you know, he started to season injured. He took him a while, which is always bad for rookies by the way. Right. Cause yes. you really need that entire, you know, ramping up process, but yeah. um, the route running the hands instantly, the best hands on the roster. Um, yeah. He can actually, I think, you know, beat press. Uh, he is play yeah. strength. Um, I have a lot of confidence play inside in and out. Yeah, inside out. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm so. I'm doing a breakout player article right now, and he's he's my re- I have one for each position. He's my receiver uh, candidate, uh, just just for the what you laid out. He inside and outside versatility. He can just do. He's he's just a good all around player. I, I compared him to Reggie Wayne coming out, just kind of play style, and that's what I think he can be, kind of like a diet coke yeah. version of that. Um, I, I actually don't think losing Hollywood Brown is as bad as people have made it out to be. Um, he was not good. Uh, I, yes, he had a thousand yards, but I mean, if you look at every efficiency, every advanced stat, yeah. even eye tests, frustrating drops, he wasn't good on deep balls. He he's too small to kind of work in with how they wanted to use him. So I think it's a it's a, it was good for both parties for him to go to Arizona and then them not to have to use him because I just didn't think his style matched what they wanted to do. I'll be curious to see. So, you know, it's uh, Andrews, who, by the way, you know, I put Darren Wall in their top three, but Andrews is really, I would say, like, yeah, while, while I was hurt last year, Andrews is absolutely incredible. And Andrews was third and first down per target uh, for players with more than 100 targets. He was just behind Devontae Adams and Mike Evans. Yeah. He was third in the whole NFL. He, he was he was a monster. And he's so good with Lamar because, like, obviously, you know, yep. the he's so good at working the seams and the parts of the field that Lamar does like to yep. throw to. But also, he's really good when the play breaks down. I mean, how many times? So that's yes. a really Remember that really freaky one where Lamar went back, like, 20 yards and then found Andrews? Like, I can't remember which game that yes. was. Um, it was. It was a night game. It might have been against the Browns. Steelers? I think it was the Browns, Steelers actually. Browns? Was, it, I know, Browns, it was yeah. the poop game. 
it was the poop game. <laughs> right? When he came back <laughs> out and he was just like It was his Paul Pierce game. <laughs> it was it was Effit. Andrew's up there somewhere. And Andrew's yeah. they have such a great, great connection. Um would you describe Andrews oh, as a power slot? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, 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 it's the hybrid roles now. That's, that's really what he is. He is. Um, no, I love that. So I, I but think also, I, yeah. also getting okay. guys on the move, like how, I'm sorry. Well, Andrews is so good on over routes and crossers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what Lamar likes to throw. He doesn't like to pin throws on guys. He likes to get, he likes to see guys crossing his face and then throw it to him. Um, and that's what Andrews is so good at those over routes. And that's why I think he's going to have some good chemistry with Rashad Bateman too. Cause mm. Bateman's such a, has such good hands that his yak, he maximizes yak cause he can trust his hands on the move. So I think again, it's a better, um, synergy with everybody. Uh, just the same with like how the Cowboys receivers were. It would be nice. And this might be the kind of thing that moves them from like, you know, seven to four or whatever is if I, I think the biggest thing is can Rashad Bateman like be the dude, but behind yeah. that, like, can one of the other young receivers, whether it's Dev- Devin Duvernay as a burner or James yep. Prochet, it's Prochet, right? Not Proch, Prochet. Right? Oh, um, I'm terrible at names. Okay, so <laughs> very, yes, well, not used a lot. Um, yeah. But, like, I think, you know, whether it, he's they also- need one of them to be decent. Decent speed yeah. and, like, you know, can be sort of useful for them when they get those own looks. So I just think- just one guy, you know, one guy, one guy, just like yep. Tylen Wallace. And I like know. Duvernay. And I like Duvernay. And I and I like Tylen Wallace. Tylen Wallace is another guy with an old man at the YMCA game. Like he's not very fast and doesn't create a lot of separation, but he's skilled. Yeah. So, well, uh, so uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what I mean, he does. Duvernay, it's like he's obviously fast as hell. It's like, okay, is he a gadget guy or can you actually have right. him? I wouldn't say replace Hollywood, but, you know, fill that but role in some cases. Be a real receiver, quote unquote. Okay. Yeah. So we're both at nine. So um, this is, I think we're on like two hour mark or something. Dan, tell me, please, in the text. Okay. Who do you have at number nine? I'm not going to try to guess. Uh, I have no idea here. I, I yeah, it, gets, it gets real weird. I would say, so I said the one through eight was settled, although you had the Cowboys in there and I didn't. Nine through, I would say 12. You can put these teams yeah. in any order. It's, and it's, I was more like seven through twelve. That's <laughs> that's where that's where I started. I like all these guys, but I, I went with the Packers at nine. Okay. Uh, and that's a it's a bet on Aaron Rodgers, and I and I'm hoping. Okay. By the way, before I even talk, may, this is maybe want to drop them, and I even just texting you about it. But what the hell is going on with David Bakhtiari? I just saw like, today the saying that? someone said he's likely to show up at camp or something, or so. And then they had the side comment of saying this is what they expected in 2021 as well. Oh no, never you never want a yeah. side comment. Yeah, no, no, I know. So that the, there again, and this is a theme for this: is their offensive line is. I, I'm like I could see the Packers rising if, depending on how their health is and who they have starting where. Like I, I, I want to see that because this is a team that has said that they're they're leaning more to defense and running the ball, which is fine. They have the two-time reigning MVP. You know, he is getting older, but this is what his second half of his career, this is what he's excelled in is this type of offensive attack. Helps when you have mm. Devontae Adams as well. Mm. A.J. Dillon is a stud. Aaron Jones is a great player. Um, Robert Tanyan was super efficient when he was playing in 2020. He yeah. led all t- tight ends in DVOA uh, just above Darren Waller and Kittle. Um you know, a very, very, very good player there if he's healthy. It's just that, yes, they're receiving the receiver room is a big question mark as well. Um, Alan Lazard, I actually am a big fan of Alan Lazard. He was very efficient in his targets. I think he's he can end up being a good number two in this league, but who's the number one? I think 
Christian Watson is a big project for them. I, I understand the upside about him, but he's going to take some time just based off what he's come showed at North Dakota State. And Rogers already had a little side comment about him. He Uh-oh. said, "This is why we need pr- production, not projection." He already has already said that in OTAs. <laughs> okay, so uh, that, I'm sure that's going really well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he, you know, Christian Watson. I think did you call him Diet DK or I feel like I saw that somewhere. I mean, uh, you know, that's the projection, right? Like that he has those DK, those size and this incredible speed. Um, yeah, you know, not only is Devonte Adams not walking through this door, I, there's just his skill. There's no one with a skill set even approximating yeah. his anymore. They do. They did have Sammy Watkins kind of interesting. Um, I think like oh, they're expecting him to play too, because yes. before has already talked to. about it. To. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think even without Bakhtiari, the offensive line, like they just done such a good job drafting and developing dudes. Um, yeah. So pretty good. I think getting Tanyan back, uh, who by the way is on my dynasty team. I don't know if you know that. Uh, will oh, help a lot. Good. I just like, you know, this is a very good running back duo. I feel like that, you know, Matt LaFleur has shown a really, um, impressive ability to use them creatively. Love Aaron Jones running go routes, by the way, on the backfield. Um, AJ Dillon, okay, first in you success rate, fourth in rushing yards over expectation, second in yards after catch per reception. Yeah, he's got good hands. He's a monster, man. He's a monster. He is. He's a monster. They can't tackle him. You, he's Every untackable. time they run it with him. Well, that's the yeah. rushing yards over expectation. Because even if it's like, you know, third and one, he's going to get you three. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I just well, I just love him. You know, like when a bunch of lions jump on an elephant, yes. you know, and they're trying to take it down or whatever. Yeah, that's what it looks like with he's when, untackable. when he's, he's pound of the rock. Yeah, yeah. He's so. he's a really good player. So you have them at no, nine. No, I know. It's it's interesting. Yep, I have him at nine. Where'd you have him? Just outside? Just outside. So I, I, did, I, I, okay. so I had the Cowboys just outside. And I had the Packers just outside, and I had one more team, which um, you know what? Never mind. We don't talk about that. All right. So um, my number <laughs> nineteen is the is the Denver Broncos. Okay. Are they? They're under- my number ten. Okay, they're number ten. See, yeah. people who think I'm a hater, I have them higher ranked than more or ranked more highly than Nate Tice. Um, so I would say with this, you know, group offensive line, okay. Question marks. Yeah. You know, I think they need uh, Lloyd Cushenberry. I mean, they, 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 you know, there's they brought in Billy Turner to replace the whoever they had at the right side last year. I think that should help. Um, tight end group. You lose Noah Fant. You really need more out of Alberto. Uh, they did graft. He's a good graft, player. He's a good player, but they need more out of him. You, you drafted Greg Dulcich, which was an interesting pick. I yeah. thought uh, receiver group very good. Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, mm-hmm. Jerry Judy. Let me throw this out here. I don't like Jerry Judy and Russell Wilson. Not bad pairing. Yeah, bad pairing. Corlett, we talk about, syn- we talk about synergy and Tim Patrick and potentially Gabe good pairing. Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That, I, I just think this offense is going to look like the Seahawks offense has looked over the last few years, and the Seahawks offense was awesome with Russell Wilson. So yeah, yeah. it's it's the Russell Wilson offense. You know, by the that's way, that's what it is. Melvin Gordon is still good. Can I, is that a spicy take? Nope. He's still no, good. He's still he, people talk about yeah, him like, oh, Devontae Williams is so much better. No, he's not. I don't think so. They just get, they just get. Um, uh, I think Melvin Gordon is just, you know, it's just the fancy, you know, it's the new shiny toy. And yeah. everyone's like, oh, we already know, we already know what he is. Uh, yeah, we know what he is right now. I, I would say too is, and you brought up the offensive line, and also just talking about the Packers is, uh, I just wanted to bring it up real quick is mm-hmm. their offensive line coach Adam Stenovich, I think his name was. Mm-hmm. He did. A, he was like my 
candidate for assistant coach of the year last year. And so I just speaking what how the Packers offense aligned, like I, I agree with you about how they're going to figure out with their run game and stuff, but also with the Broncos it's we brought this up. We did the, after Russell got traded, we did that podcast together and losing Mike Munchak is going to be a big blow yeah. to the Broncos because he got so much improvement from those guys, including Lloyd Cushenberry, um, who went from <laughs> to okay. <laughs> yeah. um, it, so that's, it's that that's going to be interesting. And I don't know what Nathaniel Hackett is going to look like with this offense. I think he's smart enough to adjust to what Russell wants to do. I just hope he doesn't fall, get hypnotized like a lot of coaches do and going like, Ooh, yeah, which is what Russ wants to do this. Let's lean more into that. It's like, no, no, no. We, we know what he's good at play action, throw outside. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like Albert O, the tight end. I really do like him. Russell doesn't use his tight ends, but I still like him. He's my candidate for tight end breakout um, mm-hmm. because I couldn't, couldn't do Kyle Pitts because it was too easy. Um, no, I agree with you. I think Cortland Sutton's going to mesh well, really well with Russ. And I know you like Tim Patrick, and Tim Patrick is a situational star. Um, good, He's good at everything. Good blocker, good at every type of route. He's really a really good number two. I like him a little better than Judy, uh, so, which I don't think is too spicy anymore. Is that spicy? Judy, I, I was Judy, never high on Judy. Well, I I mean, I, I liked him a lot in college. And okay. I think with him, it's kind of been like, oh, he's had such bad quarterback play and, you know, yeah. he's been banged up at times. But I do worry. Like, is that quarterback I, I, the quarterback of the Seahawks now? I don't know. This is a non-Seahawks <laughs> podcast, clearly. Um, can I, can I, by the way, you were talking about O-line coaches, and I forgot to mention something I wanted to mention, which is the Raiders got um, Carmen Brasillo. Oh, that's right. Right. So who uh, comes from the Pats. Um, yeah. and, you know, he was... Uh, replace Dante Scarnecchia there. So I think that's going to help as well. But anyways, um, yeah. It matters. I, yeah. So, okay. So we're both, we're both, I got the Broncos at nine. You got them at 10. Do you have the team that I have 10 at 10 at nine, the Philadelphia Eagles? No, I, I think I've already gone through my top 10 because the oh, Packers were nine. I'm so bad at this. Damn. <laughs> so I've already done my All top right, you 10. Had the Packers. So I, okay. So I had the Eagles. Yeah, you have yeah. the Eagles on the cusp. Eagles are on the cusp. Okay. Yep. So, the, I have another one more spicy team on the cusp, but oh, I, I want to hear. I want to hear. Wait, I want to hear your spicy cusp team. But um, okay. One of the best. One of the best options. First of all, the Eagles finished like crushed last yes. year. One, and that was without AJ Brown. Yep. So, really fun offense in the second half of the year. They're really. gonna be better. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, just you add AJ Brown, and suddenly all of these other receivers slip into a different place. Like, oh man, AJ. I think AJ Brown and Devontae Smith is just such a sensational pairing for reasons we can discuss. Um, and then you've got Quez Watkins as your speed guy, Zach Pascal working underneath, Dallas Goddard, one of the most underrated players in the NFL. Um, just freaking so well rounded and so perfect for this offense, you know, which is very run heavy. Um, and then incredible offensive line. Um, I like this offense was where, where did they finished last year. Let me pull it up. By the end of the year, they were definitely. Okay, so they were 10th in EPA per play, but if you did just the second half of the season, you know, they really popped off once they leaned into yep. Jalen Hurts as a runner um, and stopped throwing like 3,000 screens a game. Um, like, how are they not insanely better with, not insanely better, but better with A.J. Brown? No, I know. That's, I think it's more an offseason of defenses adjusting to what, how they like to attack. Um, but no, this was, this was hard for me to keep off. It was one of those where, it's nothing against them. It was just I like others more because they have better quarterbacks. Um, I like Jalen Hurts as a runner, uh, but he's also he can't read anything between the hashes. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's that's my hesitation with them is that 
that playoff game against the Bucs. Uh, was it the Bucs that they played in week one? Or was it the Rams? Whoever they played in the wild. Oh, it was round. the Bucs. It was uh, rough. Yeah. It was the Bucs. That is seared. That We'll use yeah. that term again. Seared into my brain. You know, cattle seared. Like, I, I mean, imprinted what they did to him because they blitzed him because he, he's not handling protections for them. And also it's that they, you know, he just, they took away his first read and then they were like, okay, run around. See, we'll see how that works. So I'm, that's my scare mm. part of it is that teams watch that and they implement it when they play them this year. So they're not able to maybe have an advantage the first few weeks before they have to adjust. Having said that, do love the AJ Brown addition. Uh, love the offensive line. Jordan Maleta is one of the best left tackles in, in, in the league right now. They got him on a great deal as well. Um, love kind of the, what they're developing there. Some of the guys they also took. Um, they got Lane Johnson. Yeah, no, it's a it's a good, it's an interesting offense. They it's very no other offenses like it because of just necessity of what Jalen Hurts' skill set is. Mm. Um, so it's a really fun one to watch. So, but that hesitation with Hurts and how the season, those last couple games, yeah. is what kept me kept him out of the top ten for me. I think if Hurts can take make a few improvements, I'll feel yeah. okay. Um, one of them is on like the short stuff. So he was actually okay throwing the ball to the intermediate level of the field, but really struggled with accuracy on what should have been some easy passes. Uh, 20, I think QBR, by the way, zero to 10 air yards. It just looked. Um, so I think if he can <laughs> make better decisions and improve his accuracy there, which I think is kind of doable, um, you can see some, some pretty massive improvements. Like I don't, I don't think he's going to start throwing over the middle of the field anytime soon. And then just, yeah, like I say, I would say like, um, you know, helping him, with pressure having a plan for the blitz um yes which is something i think they can scheme up given what they have on their roster as well so i think like yep. i mean the dude's just like surrounded by incredible 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 people oh it's so. the, it's the best situation if he if he doesn't grow at all whatever quarterback is throwing a hissy fit this offseason it's gonna have that 100 100 percent. yeah um okay so uh you, you said you had a spicy cusp team before we get to dinks and dunks tell me your spicy cusp team the, the Colts and I, this is on Matt Ryan and Frank Reich. Yeah, this is that. That was spicy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The skill player. So that was, that was, you, that, that was yeah, that's, and I have two bullet. Uh, the ones I put honorable mention, I have like little bullet points next to them on my notes. And my one bullet point with the Colts is, not sure about the weapons, <laughs> uh, but I do think Michael Pittman's going to improve. Alec Pierce might be a, more of a project, but I do like him. Uh, I like Frank Reich. I like the run game, and I like Matt Ryan. So I think this is more could be a, a surprisingly good offense uh, in well, Indianapolis. I mean, the Colts. Let's see where they finished. Oh, they didn't finish in the top ten in any of these metrics. Okay, well, I think they're they about thirteenth in DVOA. Yeah. So with a number two run game, of course, with a number two run game. <laughs> and then, yeah, Matt Ryan's probably going to be better than Carson Wentz. I think most of us agree, um, especially, you know, dome Matt Ryan. So, yeah, I, I see it. I just the skill players are the ones you know, or the, the yeah. uh, pass catchers. Um, we'll see. I just uh, want to throw them an honorable mentions in case they do do well. And I can point back to it and say, hey, see, see, I mentioned them. I mentioned 15 teams. One of them. <laughs> how do you feel about Alec Pierce with Ryan, though? So Alec Pierce. I, I, Sorry. I love Alec Pierce. But with Matt Ryan. <laughs> but with Matt Ryan. Yeah. Do I don't that- like 50 50 balls. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be great where he's going to be best on like benders. Like, yeah. Because like, that's why I like Pierce. I, I, yes, I get another mention of a power slot, 
But I think that's why I liked him because I think he could be a kind of intermediate guy from the slot. And that's what Matt Ryan loves to throw. So you use him almost like a tight end. And Matt's pretty good at throwing those types of balls. So that's where I actually liked a little bit of the synergy. And him and Pittman, even though they both have size, they attack in different ways. Yeah. Um, and I also think Pierce in the red zone is going to be really like, yes. a, like he's going to dunk on guys. And I think Matt Ryan will give him a chance. And so that I think he'll contribute earlier than even I was expecting. Hmm. Um, but I, I, I liked, I liked it more. I, I liked the, that fitting more pairing more, the more I've kind of like sat on it. Interesting. Yeah. I guess for me, a question is kind of like, okay, well, let's see where Matt Ryan's arm strength is, but um, you know, I, and I'm on the Matt Ryan <laughs> is not over. I, you know, me, I'm Matt, Matt. You have so much Ender. stock in him. I have a I lot know. of stock in him. So, um, okay. I have, I'm throwing out my other cusp team is the New Orleans Saints. Love it. Yeah. Love it. I mean, no, that uh, was, I, I, I get it. I yeah. Get it. I, you know, skill players. Um, <laughs> Chris Olave. Little bit concerned about Trevor Penning on the left side. Not a little bit, a lot. I am too. Wildly concerned. A lot um, of it. <laughs> a big time bit. Um, obviously, you're going to get improvement in quarterback play af- from what they had last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but just not Ian Book fan. No, <laughs> the book's out on. Book. I oh my god, I know. Poor. It's so hard to be a bad quarterback with a name that can be easily punned. You got to really. It's hard to survive that. Um, you want to work for it a little bit. I know. <laughs> um, so yeah, assuming Michael Thomas is still Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, that's a great pairing. You know, Jarvis Landry, I don't think that there's massive expectations for him. And then Marquez Callaway goes from being the number one wide receiver to being four or three, depending on how he's used. Um, you know, I, amazing. Also, as an Deont- Deontay Harris, or yeah. I think he goes by Hardy now, is like like a small sample god. Good player. Like, good if player. You look at, if you look at just a good player, and if you look at his advanced stats, he's like, he's a phenom. Like, yeah. he's a... He's the top of like so many of the stats. So a uh, really, really, really fun kind of super role player. I feel like this will be a good bounce back year for Kamara. Poor Kamara last year. What a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> poor guy. He's going to hit as soon as he touched the ball. <laughs> oh, God, it was just a poor guy. So that's not going to happen again, um, even with some question marks on the offensive line. Just all of that firepower. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm not as – I'm not like, oh, Jameis Winston's going to be that dude. But like, yeah. you know, he can be an above average quarterback. There's a path. There's a path. Yeah. Path. No. And, and like Eric McCoy being healthy, he's my, uh, I'll mention again, he's my candidate for offensive line breakout. Um, Ryan Ramchek's the still there. One, two, or three best tackle, right tackle in the league, you know. So they do have some strength still with the offensive line. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's an interesting team. Like I could see a path where the Saints, I mean, their defense, I think, is going to be damn good. So I, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting team. If, They're one of the craziest. Let me ask you this question before we wrap. If they had still had Sean Payton, would you put them in the top ten? Yes. Yeah, yep. that was that's yep. why I had them on the cusp. I mean, they, you saw hard. Pete Carmichael, obviously. Pete Carmichael, it's your time. Yeah. It is. He, he's only been training for it for fifteen years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the Saints' offensive coordinator now for. Um, or he's a bit, but, um, all right, <laughs> good lists. You can yell at me on Twitter. Please don't yell at Nate, um, for being a Bengals hater while I'm a Bengals lover <laughs> because of my Bengals. You think that's the one that's spicy? Uh, was- <laughs> chiefs at one is actually the spiciest one. So get out. Yeah. That's spicy, dude. Yeah. And, that's spicy. And then I'm just going to reply. I'm going to just reply with a picture of Patrick Mahomes. That's all. <laughs> I love it. All right. All right. Now it's my turn. Well, I actually have been asking you questions, but we're going to wrap as always with Dinks and Ducks. 
And now it's time for Dinks and Dunks. I'm getting paid for this, right? Four questions from me. One question from Lenny. First question. We talked about the 10 best offenses. What is the offense you least want to watch non-Seattle division? (laughs) The offense I least want to watch. I hate watching the Cardinals offense. But they're but they're not like the worst. That's but more of Tyler a, just elevates the entertainment value so much you can never. Yeah, that that helps. That's more of like a schematic hate. I think I think Carolina, Carolina could be, be, be will, will be up there, and the Steelers might be up there even with Big Ben gone, just because of how Matt Canada attacks. Um, yeah. Other than that, though, why do inter- like? There's some interest in other way other teams, but I would say Carolina is probably my answer. Yeah, that's a good answer. I said not CX division, but CX <laughs> uh, should have a great run game. Okay, question number two: Who is your prediction now for offensive rookie of the year? Drake London. Yeah, uh, he's going to get fed. The sheer amount of targets. Yeah, and also his Falcons teammates. One of my favorite long shot bet, and you, I think you drafted him, didn't you, Tyler Algier? Uh, I did. Uh, that is that's my long shot bet for rookie of the year, just because of Usage. what he is. Because I think he's. Yeah, usage and he's like a Diet Coke James Conner. So yeah, uh, I don't know. That that's my that's my that's my dark, dark horse. Chris Olave might be another one too. Yeah, I think Olave is gonna be like if Mike Thomas isn't a hundred percent, yeah, I think Olave is gonna who I also targets. Who I also drafted, by the way, and no big deal. Okay, question. I know. So um look, I haven't commented like the Deshaun Watson story is ongoing. I've been talking about it a lot on various ESPN platforms. Go check out the incredible reporting from Jenny Rentis on this, um, the revelation of, you know, the sheer number masseuses he's worked with, women coming forward who are accusing him of the same thing, but not suing notably. I feel like that's gotten lost in all of this. Um, The ongoing growing number of uh, lawsuits now we're looking at, I think, 26 as it's actually like one of those things where you have to like kind of timestamp it. Uh, Watson decided did a press conference today basically you know saying kind of reiterating his denials um but i don't i don't have a question about sean watson so we're waiting for that punishment to come down i think when it does you know i'll have more to say about it and like a lot to process uh and i think it probably should come pretty soon but it does feel like you know at this point it's likely to be pretty substantial based on just everything that's come out even since the trade was done I had this conversation with Chris Long and I've been like thinking it over and pondering it. Baker Mayfield doesn't have to, they, he's, they, he has agreement with the Browns, doesn't have to come to camp. Clearly a lot of bad blood now between him and his organization. Mm-hmm. Fairly. However, if you're Baker and let's say Watson's out at least 10 games season is it in your best interest to play to rebuild your value with this football team? It's tricky. Wow. It's tricky, right? Yeah. I think it is. It is. Because his stock is, I mean, it's, it can't be lower. And it's unfairly and, low, I think, because of how injured he was last yeah. year. Like people are dying. Like he's, Inj- Baker Mayfield is one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, no exactly. Question. He should be a starter. Yes. Like that's what that's that's what I know. That yeah, that's where the jokes become the reality. You know, perception is reality. It's like we we I think that the thing with Baker, what happened with him is everyone was expecting him to take this leap into a true Pro Bowl 
level quarterback, you know, a good to very good quarterback. And when he was average or worse, people were like, oh, he can't even play, can't play. And it's like, no, he could still start. Like He's still a starting quarterback. <laughs> it's just that yeah. maybe his upside isn't what we expected, but he was hurt. I mean, the Brown season was weird. They also kind of just, you know, they didn't help him at times. He had no receiver help, you know. It, yeah, it's, and by it's the way, it was a whole mess. Still not a great, I mean, they do have Amari now, but it's not a great. Yeah, record. it's weird. I know, I like David Bell, another power mm-hmm. spot. That's six now. That's mm-hmm. six times now. Uh, <laughs> but it's, I do like that, but I don't know. I, I, I they're, they're more of a concept than a, or a theory than like, what I really want picture of it, either if it's Baker or Deshaun Watson starting a quarterback for him. Sure. I think it's in Baker's best interest because I also think he would build some goodwill and credibility. Um, everyone talks in this league. He comes back and battles his ass off and competes because not only just his play, but his his persona has been yeah. knocked. And that's how the NFL loves to do. They yep. love to knock you down as much as possible. Um, so I think Baker would earn some goodwill with agents, coaches, execs, other players if he came back, kind of like put his nose to the grindstone and, and battled and, and you know, wet them to some wins. I, I think they would be in his best interest. It's wild because on one hand, like he, your mind just goes to the office space <laughs> departure or, or the half-baked one, I think maybe makes the most sense uh, which i won't re- you. yeah yeah uh, <laughs> who's the not you're you cool. nick who's nick chubb is the you're cool nick chubb you're, yeah, cool. you're cool um like and you know the petty in me is like god why would you right like but right right it's it's complicated it's really complicated it is um, it's a people it's a people business it really is. also man like what if he plays well because there are a lot of browns fans right now who are very angry a lot and oh my god! I mean, what a just a, what an unbelievable wild situation, top to bottom, and it really is. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. I hope I'm not like. I mean, it really, it's is. unprecedented, and I don't mean to um, like set aside the very serious aspects of this, which I think right. I'm going to have a chance to talk about pretty soon once you know more comes out and decisions are made. But like from just from Baker's perspective, I find this to be like a fascinating dilemma. Um, yeah. All right. I find myself rooting for him, by the way. Right. Total face turn. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know he went face to heel back to face. It's yeah. I mean, kind of crazy. All right. Question four. A um, little bit of a sharp turn here as well. Uh, always ask for, <laughs> always ask for content recommendations. You always have good ones. So please share. Mm. Mm. I'm reading a couple of good books right now. Um, I'm reading, uh, uh, well, one book I just read was how to hide an empire. Okay. Uh, which I highly recommend. And it's about the, the kind of like how America, acquired its territories as we like to call them um the other one i I just started was the rise and i don't want to butcher the title because it just came out the rise and reign of the mammals um (laughs) which is by an author named uh it's by an author named stephen brusat he also wrote uh the rise and fall of dinosaurs which i loved i read last year but both of those books i would Mm. i would highly highly recommend um and also the season four of stranger things okay yeah, it, I just started it. it, it so don't spoil back it. up. Don't spoil it. I won't. I won't. It's but they did a good job of kind of recovering after it, it, the it looks crap of season two and three. So expensive. I just started it. But that's my it, number one take. I'm like every episode looks like a movie. I, I mean, also I, I want to get it, your but, okay. Yeah, we'll text later. But okay, I, there, there's uh, there's some uh, there's as, some scenes I want to talk. About. As far as your books go, <laughs> uh, I'm glad I had you on this week because I I knew I could count on you for father's taste. 
or and it's ah. Father's Day is coming up, and you have that classic. Let's get Danny Kelly in here too. This yeah. classic dad books. All right, uh, we've taken, <laughs> Document, taken a, documentaries and books. Oh That's God. what I'm good for. We're taking a lot of <laughs> and your board time. games. Do you need a board game? No, I don't. Uh, last question, as always, <laughs> comes from Lenny. Um, so Lenny did watch the draft unfold. Um, he just wants to know. Maybe he's asked you this already, but he I don't care. How does it feel to know that you do twice as much work in this league as I do, Lenny's mom, but you're going to ultimately lose to me anyways? <laughs> I don't. Am I? What was our record? What was our head to head last, last year? Was an I, off I, I, year. Last year was an off year. What for you? Was, okay. I was the Ravens I, last I year. It. I was banged up. Oh, okay, I took over an orphan team, and and we we battled, we battled. Got Cordero Patterson off the street. That was that was a fun signing. Um, you know, that always hurts. I'd much rather lose in this league though, than like my home league where Mm. it's a bunch of guys that are like, you know, bankers and like real estate agents and, and, you know, superintendents at schools and who are just like, yeah, they watch every sport. And meanwhile, this is my job. Mm. And I came in ninth last Mm. year. Actually, I might've came in dead last last year. Also, I had Calvin Ridley and AJ Brown as my keepers. So that, that did not go well. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, long story short, um, we'll battle. We'll see how this, this season comes through and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how those head to head matchups come up. Lenny. Lenny.